When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Do not go gentle into that good night Poetry I feel is a tyrannical discipline I was trying to tell a story The book came to me in a sort of a haze This is how to write a good short story No hope, just booze and madness Everyone in the world has gone to bed one night or another with fear I saw the best minds of my generation destroyed by madness Now... Lend me your ears. Welcome to another episode of Literati, a podcast about books for the criminally insane. Big shout out to all our fans at Kent County Lunatic Asylum. You folks keep sending us letters and drawings, and we'll keep trying to figure out what all those scribbles mean and what they're scribbled in. (laughs) And as our listeners know, Literati is waging war against illiteracy, And Michael and I are your fearless, novel-wielding leaders, Mm -hmm. heading up the infantry and leading the charge into battle, fighting courageously against the enemies of culture and good stories. Yes, think of us as your sergeants, or as it's known to all you non-military people, the shouty army guys. And you are our brave soldiers, or as it's known to all you non-military people, the bunch of guys who do what the shouty army guys say. Our book brigade, if you will. And together we will take up arms against anyone who threatens the freedom to express ideas through the written word. As our shield, we have picked up the thickest of metaphors. And as our weapon, we have chosen the pen. Truly the most powerful and deadly tool on earth. But as our backup weapon, we'll probably use something like a big sword or a bunch of guns. Yeah, sometimes when you use a pen as a weapon, it kind of only confuses your assailant for a brief time before they continue beating the shit out of you. Yeah. It's a really great symbol, but I mean, push comes to shove, soup to nuts, it does leave something to be desired as a killing weapon. And trust us, we've gotten into plenty of fights. And sure, with a good Bic ballpoint pen, you can manage to ruin a shirt, but... That's really about it. And also, when you bring a pen to a knife fight, sometimes you just gotta know when to quit. But giving up on things you fought so hard for doesn't just apply to armies of soldiers trying to kill other human beings with hopes and dreams and families. It can also be applied to writers with shattered hopes, crushed dreams, and no families to speak of. If you are a writer, there will come a time when you have to ask yourself, should I quit? Put down my pencil, close the book, and blow up my typewriter with a stick of dynamite? The pursuit of truth in art is a noble one. And if you feel you're being called to turn the mirror on society, to explore what it means to be human, to raise the big questions of existence, then you must answer that call. But sometimes you answer the call, and it turns out it's for somebody else. So when that happens, you just have to hand the phone over and go back to picking your nose or whatever it was you were doing. And there are some surefire signs that you should throw in the towel. Number one, are you bad? If you're bad, then yeah, you should definitely quit. Mediocrity will not be rewarded on this podcast. 
It's far more cruel to encourage those without talent to keep pursuing their dream than to lie. Now, we would never dream of telling someone with talent to quit. No. If you are talented, continue to follow your dreams. But if you're so talented, then how come no one wants to publish your book and you live in a truck? Yeah, that's a good point, Michael. If you're so talented, then how come you're not successful and swimming in tons of money? Hmm? Maybe you're bad. Hmm. Huh? You ever think of that? And in which case, you should definitely quit. Sorry. Mm. Second time to quit. Your mommy or daddy just offered you a high-paying job at their Fortune 500 company that they run. If you have the chance to snag a high-powered business executive job without really earning it, you gotta do it. You gotta. It's so good. You save yourself the lifetime of agony that comes with being an artist, and you get to wear a nice suit. And... With your new high-paying business executive job that you got even though you didn't deserve it, you'll probably be rich enough to just buy a publishing house and hire some grad student to write you all the books you want. Third reason to quit? You accidentally misplaced the manuscript for your book. Hey, we've all been there. I know I have. You just finished the last page of your huge manuscript only to accidentally drop it in a fire or swap it with a stack of blank papers at some kind of paper museum. Now, if that happens, then sorry, but it is definitely time to give up. I mean, what else are you going to do? Start over? <laughs> Think about how long that would take. I know. And same goes for if you have all the pages of your manuscript in a stack on the edge of your desk next to your typewriter, and then a fan blows all the pages everywhere. I mean, impossible. Just give up. I mean, what are you going to do? Spend all day picking up those pages? They are scattered all over the room. You're never going to get them all. You just can't do it. It's impossible. And even if you did, you'd have to put them all back into order. Order? Uh uh, no way. Just quit writing forever. Or die. Yeah. Reason number four Are you living in the golden age of television? If you are, you're probably never going to get any writing done anyway with all that great TV programming on. I mean, no sense in feeling bad about binge-watching fantastic episodic television for days on end instead of actually doing any writing yourself. So don't feel bad about it. No! Just quit and enjoy wasting away in front of the boob tube. Yeah, there's some really great stuff on right now. On TV, on the streaming service of your choice. I mean, there's even some pretty bad stuff on there that's still pretty good. Yeah, I mean, e yeah, even the bad stuff these days, I mean, the quality is way above where it used to be. Absolutely. Yeah. So just admit that you're never going to write anything and quit. Yeah. But you won't find this next guest wasting away in front of the boob tube. No, they're on the other side of the camera making videos for YouTube. But not only that, they're also making books for you to read. And they're reading an excerpt of their latest on today's podcast. Please welcome Elsie Jackson. The Jilted Flower, a Detective Chivers story by Elsie Jackson. This is it, Layla DeFro thought to herself as she gulped down a handful of pills. The kind one only takes when they have nothing left to live for. I'm actually not sure what they're called. I'm a very happy person, believe it or not. But I feel inclined to tell stories of the gruesome, grim, ghastly, garish, and gregarious deaths of the youth of Hollywood. The beautiful people, as they're known on the boulevards. Hollywood. Santa Monica. La Cienega. The Walk of Fame is littered with the bloody, desperate handprints of these cautionary tales. And I, Detective Chivers, must be the one to break the bad news to you, readers. Not all that glitters is gold. 
Like I was saying, the gorgeous Layla DeFroa just gulped down a handful of sad candy. That's when I walked in. She was scantily clad, her nipples white as snow. I'd never seen nipples that white. It seemed like maybe some sort of a skin condition. I didn't ask. She was obviously in pain, hysterical, like women usually are, but a little louder in this case. Higher pitched. Layla had come into my office just three days prior. She wanted me to take a jerk job, not something I usually go for these days. Jerk jobs are usually given to me by jilted lovers, ones whose imaginations are getting to the best of them, who think their guy or gal are sleeping around, dipping their pen in someone else's ink, swapping spit, slapping hams, sniffing gopher holes, painting the station wagon, scraping gum off someone else's desk. I'll spare you the rest. Layla believed her new boyfriend, Charlie Frankel, the newest bad boy in Hollywood, was cupping the flesh of another dame. Charlie seemed like an okay guy to me. We met once at the steakhouse in Burbank, and he had a firm, bone-dry handshake. The sign of someone who would never be untrue. I should know. I'm like him. My hands are so dry and rough, every wooden doorknob I grasp is considerably smaller after I turn it. I'm trying to compare my hands to sandpaper. I hope you understand. Anyways, I took the jerk job. I didn't have much else going on at the time, except I was in the middle of putting together this puzzle of the Mona Lisa. I just couldn't find the smile. But then again, could anyone? I'm smirking right now, could you tell? The next day I went out to Los Feliz and followed Charlie's every move. To the market, to Rodeo Drive, to the pie hut back to Rodeo Drive, and finally to the set of his latest picture, The Sunrise Only Sets at Dawn. I snuck onto set with my Minolta looking through its long lens at this bohunk, chomping the bit with his co-star, Delia Devine. I knew nothing was going on with them, because I had recently finished a jerk job on Delia herself. Delia's husband, film director D.L. Hugh Lay, sent me on the mission. Turns out Delia was smooching around. Yeah, smooching on the beaver of a husky Czech makeup artist named Feline. That was a fun day. Charlie brooded as he rehearsed outside his trailer. He was alone, no one around. At some point, though, I saw him do the darndest thing. Charlie set down his script and walked a few steps to where his Chevy was parked. He looked around, making sure he wasn't in anyone's eye line, bent down, and stuck his little pink pecker in the tailpipe of that car. I'll spare you the details, but let's just say if that Chevy could get pregnant, I bet in nine months if you opened the trunk, three little Chevys would have been revving their engines and honking their little horns. Imagine that. Like little cars with diapers? What a funny image. Anyway, there Charlie was, making love to his Chevy. He lasted about five minutes, then cleaned up his mess. Wiping up with a grease-stained towel he retrieved from the leather back seat. I was shocked. I had never seen anything like that before. Up until then, the craziest thing I had seen was when I saw Humphrey Bogart eat a banana whole, peel and all, in line at the DMV. But that had nothing on tailpipe, Charlie. The next day I broke the news to Layla. She was distraught. She couldn't understand how a man could want a car over her beautiful, supple body. I tried to explain to her how reliable and sturdy Chevys are, and to not knock it till you try it. She didn't like that one bit. 
I was just trying to be fair. I'm just a good guy with a gun. What else do you want from me? She threw her money at my fat face and stormed out. I didn't mind. Money is money. Later that night, I received a call from old tailpipe Charlie. He had heard a rumor from Delia that I was digging up dirt on him. Wanted to know what I had told Layla. I told him the truth. And then we talked about cars for about two hours. Nice guy, that Charlie. Dry hands. Apparently, after we spoke, Charlie tried to patch things up with old Layla, but she threatened him with the sharp point of her daytime Emmy, and he split, not wanting any trouble. That must have been a rough night for Layla, I thought. That's when I decided to go check up on her. You know, to see how she was doing, and if she would let me calm her down. You know, the intimate way. Then I walked in. The pills. The yelling. I tried to get her to hack up the pills, but it was too late. There was nothing I can do. So we just sat there for about, oh, five hours, waiting for her to pass away. It was pretty boring, actually. Too bad the whole police force, Los Angeles County EMTs and firemen were all at the premiere of the fire under the bridge. The mayor had cordially invited them, and how could they say no? Free movies? Sign me up any day. Anyway, Layla passed away peacefully. I smoked a cigar in her honor, then went back to my job. All in a day's work, for me. Detective Chivers. Hollywood Detective. Hi everybody, Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have a terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Emdu Mokhtar. You're not going to want to miss this one. You can find it on your podcast app of choice by going to Sears or Macy's and getting an iPod and then coming home, charging it up and listening through your app. Wow, Colin, how you doing? Because right now I am blown away. I can't believe it feels uh, it feels amazing. I feel like we have a, a little bit of a celebrity in the room with us. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I got to just start with a pink pecker, white nipples. What a writer. So much imagery um, and alliteration, too. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for being here. Thank you for reading and, and speaking with us. L.C. Jackson. Um yeah. I just, uh, I have so many questions. I just want to start with, in your words, who are you? <laughs> That's a great question. Thank you. Um, well, according to my mom, I'm a clever young man who has a really bright future. Um, and uh, thus far, I feel like I'm living up to that expectation. <laughs> I I'd love, say so. Oh, thank you. I love movies. Um, I like writing about movies, talking about movies, reviewing movies on my own time. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have my own YouTube channel and where I so do that. I guess that, that leads us to our next question. LC in LC Jackson. Is that Lights Camera? The the Lights Camera? You got me. <laughs> Lights Camera <laughs> wow. Jackson. You got me, yeah. How'd you get a YouTube channel? Um, well, my dad uh, got me an email address first, and that was a whole other oh, headache. Oh, wow, yeah. Because you had to choose, you know, you have to choose your 
email name. Mm. Yeah. Because um, Michael and I, we've we've been trying to get a YouTube channel and we've been taking pitch meetings mm-hmm. and, uh, you know... Uh, uh, we were able to sign up for Pornhub, but I don't think that's the same because the mm-hmm. types of videos we're trying to make are they're specific, but not specific in that way. And every time we search, it just keeps redirecting to that. I have what's mm. called malware, and oh. it just redirects everything that pops up. And I've gotten it. a lot of angry comments about my because I, I also do characters, and so I've been uploading <laughs> yes. my character reels to Pornhub, and people do not like them. And what I'll say is, it's not because it's not porn, they just don't like what you've been making. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, huh. They 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 say that my impressions are not accurate, huh. and I don't resemble these people. And I'm, that your character is just sort of a funny voice, but no substance. Yeah, and just like, uh, just like sort of like catchphrase, like one line over and over again, that huh. there's no, yeah. But, well, you know, I mean, I'm going to keep at it. I'm a movie buff, um, mm. like I just said, yeah. and I would love to hear maybe an impression of like a movie star or... Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, so, you know, uh, Seth Rogen, you yes. know, he's got that crazy laugh of his, mm. right? <sighs> so funny. So, uh, <clears throat> here's mine. Uh, yeah, I'll have uh, some more meth, because that's what he smokes, right? Meth? He smokes so, weed. Okay, I think it still okay, works. Okay, it still works. Tracks. Uh, yeah, I'll have some more of that meth. <laughs> you know how he laughs? So could your dad help us get a YouTube channel? Yeah, totally. I'll, I'll give you um, his phone number, and if you just text him after 5 p.m. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, this is this is so funny, but this is now the 10th literati guest in a row where we've gotten their dad's phone number. Oh, so that's wow. pretty, It's pretty standard for all the listeners out there. That's uh, so funny. Yep. So yep. as a movie buff, what led you down the path of the bard? Um, can you, what is Oh, sorry. I kind of sometimes uh, talk so, like an asshole yeah. because I'm a writer. Sure. Bart Simpson. Bard Simpson. Uh, what helped yellow... you become a writer? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, um, I just wanted to have anything to do uh, with any- anything to do with movies, you know? Mm. And I do like saying phrases twice. Yeah. Mm. Before, just to like what I learned in school, to right. get the point across, to get the point across. Anyway, <laughs> the phrase so twice they said it nice. <laughs> That's funny. And I sometimes like to swap words. I'll take one from the end of one line and put it at the end of another line. Like what? Um, like uh, shake my smile. I'm looking at you with a hand. <laughs> Which is you know because you know the famous expression. Shake my hand, I'm looking at you with a smile. We've all heard that expression. Yeah, that's actually... Sure. Um, Here in Brooklyn. I don't mean to be, uh, be a movie booger again. Yes. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's why we want you. Yeah. Shake my hand, uh-huh. uh, look at me smile is actually a Shirley Temple song. Oh. Um, she actually made that famous back in the 1940s. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And whatever happened to Shirley Temple? You know, I don't know. Me neither. Colin, do you know? Uh, fingers crossed, she's alive and well and still with us. Well, I sure would okay. love to hear your Shirley Temple impression. Oh, I'd sure. love that. Uh, so, <clears throat> so this one also for all the listeners, you can find this on on Pornhub as well. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> he does the wig, he does the costume, the rosy cheeks, the whole thing. Yeah, you gotta this see one is, this. This it's one not... is actually one of my more popular uh, <laughs> on my character reel on Pornhub. Yeah. Uh, like a Shirley Temple, please. I already am that person. 
<laughs> that one I did. I like that one better. I would say lead with that and end with it. Totally. <laughs> okay, so Elsie, you are writing because you want to be involved with movies and movies have writing. Is this that, is true. Is that right? Yes. Most people don't know that. But movies have writing. No, people think they just make up the words as they go, like a conversation, like we're having now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but sometimes they do, like with a Jim Jarmusch. I'm yeah. sure Jim Jarmusch, um, yeah. the guy, uh, the waiting for Guffman guy. Yeah, and mm-hmm. but just to clarify for our listeners, this is all scripted. What we're doing right now. Yes, this the yes. whole conversation is written out. But yeah, it is. Can I take that again? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, do we get that on the on the mic? Is that good? Yes. Okay, great. Yes, it is. Cool. So we're just going to take it up from page three, the top of page three. Yep. Wait, you're supposed to say yes, it is? He was saying that. Re- that wasn't part of the script. That's just get him the... going off. Oh, okay. Colin, if you're off book, say ad lib. Ad lib. Well, you're not, <laughs> you're not doing it. <laughs> say ad lib before you say something that's not on the script. You don't have to just. Oh, wait. So <laughs> am I throwing too much at yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Sorry. I, I, uh, I never went to like acting school. Yeah, I sort of, I sort of uh, just, you know, learned on the streets. Like James Franco. Yeah. So Elsie Jackson, um, I had, uh, I was really struck by the alliteration and I was wondering if you could speak to that a little bit and kind of what, um, what literary devices you like using. I like using synonyms and syllables and soliloquies and scene jumps, specifically scene jumps. Um, People sometimes call them flash forwards, but I think scene jump is (laughs) kind of a more, um, you can feel it. You can feel the jump to another time. Mm -hmm. Yes. Sort of like lifts you out of your seat when Mm. you say it. Scene jump. Scene jump. Yep. Yeah. Jump. yeah, exactly. And um, I think movies are missing action the most these days. That's yeah. what I'd say the number one thing for movies is not enough action. Yeah. So I, you would put more in. I would if I could. Yeah, I, I do think like whenever I see, uh, you know, those Fast and Furious movies, I'm like, there's just too much dialogue. Just oh, too much talking. Too much character development. Me, yes. What's a movie that you would add action to? Could you give me an example of like if Elsie Jackson got behind the got behind the camera? Uh, maybe Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh-huh. Mm, yeah. I probably had a little more action. Um, there was so much talking going on that I like could not follow the story. Yeah. Right. Words just get jumbled up in my head mm-hmm. and I can't make sense of them. No. No. Yeah. Oh, and everything that you could that they're saying while they're doing the helicopter chase could also be put into action. Add another helicopter. Instead Mm -hmm. of having somebody say, I can't catch them, show that by having a new helicopter come in and go past them, and Tom Cruise, there's a look on his face like, oh, I can't catch him. Yeah, Yeah. instead of him saying, I can't catch him. Yes. Just let's look at that. Yeah, Yeah. and I've always said, you know, uh, punches and kicks and flips are the same in any language. That's true. This is true. Mm -hmm. That's actually why a lot of American action films do so well overseas. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter the story, people can just kind of take it in. This is a true fact that I just find interesting. Yeah, even, you know, how um, Jackie Chan, he actually moves in Mandarin. Oh. Yeah. But it translates to English yeah, when you okay. watch it. but yes. And also, uh, most people don't know this, that uh, flips uh, in the Northern Hemisphere down in Australia are actually backflips. That, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, I didn't know that's that. That's the only difference, though. But Once it's still, again, it's still... Colin letting us know that he went to the Southern Hemisphere. <laughs> another episode, another reference to his travels. Elsie, um, what... I mean, this is so prolific. You, I, I don't want to, you know, expose you for this, but you are younger than a lot of the writers we have on. It's true. I just turned fifteen years old. 
Wow. Happy birthday. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, so does it do you, you feel- just turned it today? Yeah, actually, today is my birthday. Oh, my God. You're <laughs> yeah. spending your birthday with us? Yeah. Oh, that's wow. so exciting for this a is... movie reviewer and an author. <laughs> yeah. I know. I mean, I just wanted to, you know, get my um, my uh, ideas out there, my creativity out there. And anyway, I can. And what better day to do it than the yeah. day of my birth? It's a, it's a birthday <laughs> gift to yourself exactly. if you can share your ideas with others. Exactly. Yeah. But no one has told you that we don't have any followers or listeners? What do you mean? Just that the podcast is really kind of yeah. just for us. Oh. I mean, we'd love it if people listened, but they just don't seem to want to. Okay. I mean, the fact that you guys are adults and are even listening to me right now, that kind of means a lot to me on my birthday. Yeah, <laughs> so yes. yeah. that's Well, that's something enough. we'll always do. Colin and I, our mission is we'll always listen to a child with a story. Yeah. <laughs> mainly, mainly it's like, uh, part of it is that uh, we sort of operate on the same reading level huh. as a lot of mm-hmm. our, uh, and uh, they just have ideas that we can sort of digest and understand mm-hmm. whereas adults it's a lot of it's over our heads yeah you're telling me <laughs> why well, what's some stuff you hate about school uh probably <laughs> i mean my fellow classmates <laughs> yeah i would have to say i unfortunately i do get bullied a lot i am the nerd trope as you would see in movies mm. like um 16 candles mm-hmm. or um american pie mm-hmm. you know. and just for our listeners trope is a type of fish no <sighs> michael can you um colin <sighs> Yes, trope is a type of fish. <laughs> so these are fishes you can see in movies. Yes. And they like big fish. And they yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they bully that people of tropes. and bullies mm-hmm. bully the nerds with the fish, I'm guessing. Put they do tell me I smell like herring. <laughs> so <laughs> Well, hey, that only gets worse as you get older. We can tell you oh, that smell no. does not go away. Oh no. <laughs> but you grow to love it. You are an insider. In the world of Hollywood. This you is have, true. Is any of this stuff that was that you were writing about in the book, is any of that kind of stuff really going on in Hollywood? Um, these days, I'm not quite sure. My story actually takes place in the early 50s, late 40s. Oh. Um, maybe even late 50s, early 60s, mm. depending on your preference. Yeah, maybe a couple scene jumps in there to take you back and forth decade to decade. Exactly. Decade to decade. Decade to decade. And um, I forgot what the question was. Is this stuff really going on in Hollywood? <laughs> yeah, give us I, the scoop. I would not doubt that there is actually drama behind the drama. Ooh, I, someone said, I feel like it's like in some of these movies, you should just turn that camera around because uh, the real drama is going on behind the scenes. Have you ever seen me. extras? No, what is that? The guy from The Office gets a job. Uh, Dwight? Being in a, I think it's Dwight. He gets a job being in movies, but he's not one of the main people. He's one of the extra people. And so it's just sort of Dwight's life as he's going from movie to movie, kind of just bumbling it up. Oh, my God. And it's crazy. Some of the stuff that happens, you know, oh God, the examples would make you die. I wish I had some. (laughs) Same. Um, What's a jerk job? Okay, as I stated in the book, a jerk job um, was back in the day when, like, old Hollywood detectives, they would figure out um, if, like, someone's lover, as my dad likes to say it, (laughs) um, is making love with another person on Mm. a daily basis. So if they're, like, cheating. Gotcha. Mm. The person to spy on the cheater. Figuring it out if they're a jerk. It's not what I thought a jerk job was. What did you you think? Uh, What was that? 
Well, so as you know, I've, I mean, I shouldn't be saying this to a 15 year old, but I, I have, because I can't get a YouTube account, have spent a lot of time on Pornhub trying to upload. Where you get a lot of your well, revenue. yeah, so I've been trying. I've been <laughs> uploading my character reels, and, and also, they also you, have a lot of videos there that are titled jerk jobs. Oh wow, you know, I've never heard of this website Pornhub, but I should check it out. Yeah, you should check it out. Yeah. Well, Michael, why don't we pull it up? <laughs> okay. Let's see. So it's it's Pornhub. right off the bat. It says, it says, "Are you 18?" Pornhub. Uh, so I can't. Well, I'll lie for you, and then. Let's just, uh, let's see if we can, uh, <laughs> get something. oh my God, is she okay? I, I don't think so. What is this a video of even? Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to exit out. <laughs> Sorry. My computer's getting really hot. Uh, I can't really watch a lot of videos on my computer, but <laughs> um, was someone slapping her around? What was that? That was anal penetration. Mm, like she's picky. So I'm sorry. I know you're. <laughs> she was picky, and they got mad at her. Um, this is something for your dad to kind of talk you through. But I will say, <laughs> your dad's gonna have to get used to you going on podcasts and then coming back with more questions than you went into the podcast. Yeah, I have with. a whole piece of paper. It's full of questions. Now. Well, I actually have a question. How does your dad feel about you writing about all this nasty sex stuff? Because I will say, your book is rather explicit. <laughs> Uh, he actually, this is actually a point of contemptorn, um, between us. He doesn't read anything I write. Oh, no. He doesn't watch my videos. Oh. He only gives me rides places. LC, I'm it, so sorry. Yeah, is it, is your dad, is he not proud of you? I wouldn't say that. I would just say that his love lies elsewhere. At least that's what he says. Feels like a, like a, a, a jerk job. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're telling me. Yeah, lights, camera. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear that. I think children should always be supported and encouraged, especially in the world of writing, YouTube, and podcasts. I think so too. Do you think your dad might just be jealous because maybe he had dreams of being a writer and a YouTube star and? It's like he's proud to see his his child living his dream, but also there's part of him that's like, did I miss my chance? Well, here's the story. Here's the scoop, as they'd say. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. My father is actually a famous director. <gasps> and I publicly reviewed one of his films. Oh, no. And he uh, didn't like the review. So I, I didn't like the movie. Um, because you know, freedom of speech, and <laughs> you slammed him. I kind of slammed my own father's film. Is your dad Peter Jackson? <laughs> yes. Oh my god! I mean, hard to imagine a film of Peter Jackson's not going over well with his fifteen-year-old son. Yeah, well, Peter Peter Jackson getting a a scathing review from his son, Lights Camera. Yeah, that's tough. I don't know if you guys remember the movie. <laughs> the movie The Lovely Bones. Yes, of um, course. Directed that's, by my father. Mm. That's where a dead girl has to relive her assault and murder over and over again under a canoe. Is this true? Yeah, it just didn't make me laugh. <laughs> and that was my biggest problem with it. <laughs> Not that funny. 
it wasn't funny enough. And I, the lovely bones, that kind of sounds, that sounds like, you know, the old skeletons and the cartoons they were dancing. I would think it would be like somewhat, yeah, the dancing skeletons or like maybe someone like kissing a skeleton or or something. Something like that. You know, but nothing. Throw some jokes in there. So that makes me think that, you know, lovely bones was a book first. Maybe the book's a lot funnier. Uh, I haven't read it. Okay. I haven't read it. Colin? Uh, No. Now, are, this isn't a book podcast. Right? No, this is uh, this is a uh, uh, books about mo- books about the world of movies. Yes, today it's a books about yeah. the world of movies. And, yes. and so, speaking of, are you hoping to get your book turned into a movie? I would love that. So, how are we going to make that happen? How are you going to bring that to life? I well, mean, you're only 15. You have the SATs and puberty to worry about. Yeah. There's a lot changing um, with my body. We don't have... I don't think we have to go into that. Okay. Well, I was actually hoping to maybe patch things up with my dad, Pete, and um, maybe he can help me produce it. Wow. wow. Do you want to maybe take some steps to patching things up? Maybe you could give a review of a movie of his that you did like? Or even just say a message to your dad who's definitely listening. Dad, it's me, Lights. I want you to know that... Camera's your middle name? Yeah. Okay, sorry, I just put that together. Camera was actually my great-grandfather's name. Okay. (laughs) And back to you. (laughs) Dad, Pete, I just want to tell you that The only reason I didn't like The Lovely Bones was that it didn't make me laugh. And, you know, looking back on it now, of course, comedy is subjective. And, you know, maybe other it made other people laugh. And the fact that you're bringing joy into other people's lives, even if it's not mine, I respect that. So if you could please just read my two page book and maybe option it. Then. I don't know. Maybe mom would come back. So we hope uh, this message got out there to Peter Jackson and hopefully he can find it in his heart to forgive his son, Lights Camera. Ugh, I hope so. Oops. Sorry. My computers. Oh, I'm oh my sorry. God. She sounds like she's I'm sorry, I got a in pop pain. Up. I'm sorry. What is <laughs> Just Just shut the computer. <laughs> I'm sorry. I need it so I can Google things while Lights is talking. I get these pop-ups all the time because I went on one bad site, burnsandnoble.com, when I was trying to go to Barnes & Noble. So, uh, Lights Camera Jackson, you you had some success with, uh, with um, your YouTube channel. Now you're mm-hmm. trying to transition into this, this world of, of mm. writing, of being an author. And, and it's tough. You know, being an author is tough. There's a lot of rejection, a lot of failure. I mean, you've already talked about some of it with uh, your father not uh, optioning your your book for a movie. Uh, Michael and I were talking earlier about when to quit, mm. when an author decides to quit. And it's a it's as an artist, it's a hard conversation to have with yourself, but it's an important one. Uh have you thought about, uh, have you had any thoughts or are you too young to think about quitting or, or how long you can do this for? As a young person, I can only really um, go off of what, you know, what my parents taught me. Mm. Um, I don't, I haven't really fully formed my own opinions yet. Yeah. So. Me neither. The one thing I know 
for sure is what something my mother told me, which is that quitting is not an option, mm. but leaving your husband is. <laughs> so <laughs> how I, old were you when she said this to you? This was just like last year. Okay. okay. You were yeah. 14. <laughs> yeah. My memory's pretty good now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that just kind of rings in my head mm. uh, quite often every time I do something creative. Yeah. I mean, I think that's so true. Like you don't have to quit, but you can always leave something behind if it's no longer useful to you. Yeah. It, it's okay. So it's sort of just like reframing how you look at it. Be like, mm-hmm. I didn't quit this thing that I wasn't able to succeed at. I left it because I didn't want it anymore. Because it wasn't um, satisfying you. Yeah. Okay. Because... Because talking about uh, quitting, then also I feel like, you know, in some of the stories we like to hear in Hollywood or in the writer world are these stories of, you know, people who were down and out and then at the last minute they they made it. Mm-hmm. They found success. You know, J.K. Rowling was a single mother with no job on welfare, rejected by 12 publishers. Stephen King was a janitor, a gas pump attendant. And, you know, he's rejected by 30 publishers. And then they finally made it. Mm -hmm. What I want to know is how come we don't hear any stories about the people who tried and tried and tried and gave it their all, never succeeding, and then decided one last time I'll give it everything I have. And they do that. And then they still don't succeed. How come we're not hearing Mm -hmm. those people's stories in Hollywood or, you know, what's going on there? Oh, it- you must have not seen uh, Lewin Davis. Oh, no. that's what I, I was didn't. thinking. Mm-hmm. You're it's basically right. a long, sad movie about failure. Yeah. A guy who came close and just wasn't good enough. I gave it three lights on. And out of what? <laughs> Five. Okay. Is that the is that your, your mode of uh, uh, mm-hmm. th- how many lights on? Yeah. You know, you have the guy sitting out of his chair clapping, mm-hmm. and then you have stars. Some people have thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have lights because I am lights. Camera Jackson. That's so cool. You could add, you could make it three lights on, two cameras rolling, and a, a pot, and a, and like um, a pot billy and, pig. And, and an editor editing away. One editor editing. I'm just trying to get something from the post process. I'm actually not taking um, any uh, ideas at this time. Fair enough. Colin, I think one of the problems with telling these stories of the people who don't make it is it's so hard to find them because it's like, well, how do you how do you find the ones who failed? Yeah, know? we're not going to hear these stories yes. about people who failed because they were never successful and famous. So who gives a shit? So then why? that's why there's no stories about them, except for this Lewin Davis. He's yeah. just a made up, made up guy. Yeah. This is a made up story. Sure. I, sure. I think he's based off of Bob Dylan. Oh, who's I that? I saw the no. movie once. He's, it, Bob Dylan's a guy who tried to become a famous musician and it. then he just didn't make seems it. Like I the, like him because I, I know him because I'm like a deep music head. Sure. You kind of think it seems like they did a bad job with the movie if uh, mm-hmm. if they based it on, if it was based on. they got on, the name wrong? Yeah. Yeah. That and like the story wrong because he did make it. I don't think. Think no, Bob Dylan. You might be thinking of uh, Robert Zimmerman. No, I was thinking of Rob Thomas. Okay. He made it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Did, definitely. he definitely yeah. made it. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, this is not the story of Rob Thomas. He made it huge. Yeah, 
Well, you know, you're going to like this movie. I'll have you over and we'll watch it on my laptop if I can find the place to put the DVD and if I can Great. get the pop-ups telling me to play this real live 3D sex game that is so addicting because you can do anything. Whoa. You can do anything on this 3D sex game? I mean, that's game? what it says. I have yet to click because my mouse is uh, inverted. Can you, can, you, can you watch uh, Inside Lewin Davis in I, this 3D that is sex on game? Pornhub that I've seen. It's slightly different, but it's... it's uh, it's not the same plot, but it does. Let's say it's got an explosive climax. Okay. Now, um, I know that you're probably too young to have quit things, but uh, has there ever been anything that you have had to quit because that's meant a lot to you? I did quit soccer. Whoa. It must have been tough. It was tough. I just, I couldn't kick the ball right. I couldn't block the ball right. And everybody just kept saying I smelled like fish. Mm. Like they Kids did can in the be halls. so cruel, yeah. They could. I thought I could escape it by going outside, but turns out I smell like fish outside as well. That's the that's a nasty trope. But Michael and I, you know, you're not alone. A lot of people have had to quit things. Michael and I have quit things. I recently had to quit hot dogs. Uh, <sighs> yeah, I was. Oh, I was my get, favorite you know, food. It was getting pretty bad. I was. I was up to three packs a day. And, it was just and really, he was doing the jumbo packs. Yeah, yeah. Oh it was just getting pretty the bad. long ones. The long yeah. ones. Yeah, so it was getting pretty bad. I had to quit high school a couple months ago. Huh? You quit high school just a couple months ago? Well, I was technically expelled because they found out that I was doing some reporting for a local newspaper, kind of going in undercover as a high school student to expose this drug ring <laughs> that was supposedly in there selling drugs to kids. Right, like never been kissed. Yeah, yeah. well, I don't oh, know. Uh, but it uh, yeah. turns out that there was no illegal drug ring, so I kind of figured maybe there was a bit of an open market. If somebody isn't in here selling drugs to kids, I might as well fill that role. That These kids are going to need drugs. Yeah. yeah. And I filled that gap. Um, plus, you know, what a local newspaper, print media is dying. I don't need to align with them. That's a ship I do not want to go down on. Selling drugs to kids turned out to be a lot more lucrative. I'd have to say you're lucky you only got expelled. What do you mean? What else could have happened? I mean, like you could have, I mean, you could have gotten arrested. Oh, yeah. fuck. Oh, shit. I didn't even think about that. A oh, felony. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I would have gotten in big trouble. Yeah. So, oh, I hate getting in trouble. Well, I mean, selling drugs to kids. Yeah, it's that's a big... even if they want the drugs. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't make a difference. Oh shit. <laughs> okay, let me drink a glass of water. Ew, that lady! Turn the lady off. <laughs> she sounds so... sorry. Yeah, I'll turn it off and now let Michael, me drink a glass. Michael, of water. Michael turned his keyboard away from himself <laughs> while he drinks water because he makes a mess when he drinks water. Oh, I but see. unfortunately, sure you just showed just, us. I just saw something I've never seen before. Yeah, you turned your computer towards us. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I did get caught by the police, and I do have to do 12 years in prison. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah, no, it's not too bad. But, you know, expelled, sentenced to 12 years in prison, whatever you want to call it. I was able to leave something behind that was no longer useful. Yeah, and point is, you quit something, so we've all told a story about something we've quit. <laughs> yeah, all so three of we us. can move on. <laughs> um, so, one thing I really loved about your book, I love a narrator that says they won't spare you the details. Yes, I like <laughs> Or they when will you're... spare you the details. I love it when a narrator doesn't feel the need to bog the reader down with details. Just get to the good stuff. Yeah. Again, action, action, action. action. Another action, thing action. I liked was that you would get really explicit sometimes when you said you had sort of a metaphor about your hand and the doorknob, and you're like, what I'm trying to say is my hand's like sandpaper. Just yeah. cut to the chase. 
Yeah, because uh, there are a lot of people who may um, know how to read but not visualize. Yeah. Yes. I am one of the rare cases where I can't do either. Huh. So I... I found it very helpful having you help me visualize. Oh, good. Like, I'm yeah. glad. So I have this metaphor, and I'm trying to simplify it. Um, my wife was as mad as a lion. Hmm. So can you help me cut through that? My wife was as mad as a lion. She was screaming like a human as if a lion would roar. Specifically, she bit me. Okay. Is there a way to work that in there? Mm. Uh, I, I would... I would change it to my wife bit me like a lion. Yeah. <laughs> good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And then that's, you know, it gives the description, but it also tells you exactly what happened. Totally. Um, great. Well, I I got to say I'm excited to hear more about this book and hear more about what uh, is going to happen because this was just one chapter, right? Or was this the whole thing? Uh, this was actually the whole book. Oh, okay. Even better. That is even, even better. better. Good. I, if you keep a book short, that frees you up to move on to the next one. You know, That's what if I'm this saying. was one chapter, mm-hmm. then how You'd many more of these do we got to say? 50 for? more chapters. Yeah. So now you're done and you can go on to the next thing. Yeah, it's more of a pamphlet, double sided. So, what's in the future for L.C. Jackson? Hopefully, a lot more writing. Hopefully, <laughs> um, a couple of options. Mm. Uh, hopefully, my father will talk to me again. And, yeah, well, fingers mm, crossed. If mommy comes back, that's great, but she's not necessarily needed. Uh huh. No, you You've don't need her. Yeah, you don't need mommy to get daddy's approval. I don't need mommy to get daddy. Do you have any ideas for <laughs> books? For the future, can you give us any teasers for what might be in store? I think I will continue the Detective Chivers um, uh, series. This is is definitely, this has got series written all over. I gotta say, that gives me, that sends Chivers down my spine. I don't get it. Yeah, me neither. I was Uh. laughing to be polite, but I don't. (laughs) I'm sorry, I misspoke. That sends chives down my spine. I spilled my salad on my back. (laughs) <laughs> so you're going to continue the <laughs> Detective Chivers series? I think so. And then, uh, you know, my daily movie reviews. That's amazing. And best movie recently that you saw that you'd like to pub? Um, What movie did or I just... Or worst movie? Recently see... I actually saw Lego Movie Part 2. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was good. Did you see the first one? Were you like lost during I did the, see the first you one. You saw the first one. But uh, let me just say for all the listeners, you don't have to see the first one in order to understand the second one. It's essentially mm. just Legos having fun. And so they don't, they don't build on each other. What do you mean? I don't know. I laughed to be polite for myself that time. One thing I'll say is for Colin's comedy uh, character reels on Pornhub.com, you do not have to watch the first few to understand the more recent ones. Like you can go in at any point and you're, there's going to be something for cool, you. Cool. That's cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, as soon as I figure out how to get a YouTube channel, I'll, I'll you know, try to start making my put my character reels up on YouTube. But I don't really know how to do it right now. So they're all on Pornhub. If anyone wants to check out my character reels, uh, and pretty good for sure. Well, you guys have my dad's number. Absolutely, um, yeah. We can help you guys. Any last word advice for aspiring writers out there? Uh, just never quit. Wow. You can always leave. I guess that. Uh, that completely nullifies the first part of this episode, which hey, maybe we should quit. Yeah, and we can admit when we're wrong. Yep. So this is the last Literati podcast because we have decided to take our own advice in stride and realize we fucked up, so we quit. We gave bad advice. Huh. 
And that's the end. And it, of that chapter. We'll try that one more time because normally we get it in sync. Man, we really need to quit. Finally, finally, a 15-year-old showed us the light. It took having a 15-year-old on the show to realize we should quit. And that's the end of, of that, that chapter. chapter. Nailed it. Okay, that was actually so good. I'm thinking maybe we should do a couple more episodes. All right. Uh, Lights, camera, do you need a ride home? Um, What time is it? It's 12 p.m. Okay. Midnight. Yeah, daddy's on set, probably. Yeah, sure. I don't have a car. Colin? Um, no, but I know where to get one. Okay. Great. Perfect. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.